0: Hello, welcome to Not the BBC. I'm not Fiona Bruce. So the following is a conversation I had with Ben Pyle. Ben is a climate researcher and blogger, and he's someone who's long been sceptical of the Green movement and even long been sceptical of the World Economic Forum. In fact, he's been trolling them since before it was cool, as we discussed in the interview. So Ben came across my radar for an article that he wrote on the Green agenda and its incredibly aggressive targets and he talked about how the only way he can imagine us reaching these is via heavy policing and the curtailing of civil liberties. So there's obviously lots of parallels there with what's going on with COVID where it's a fear-based narrative, the World Economic Forum are involved and we're we're expected to outsource everything to a technocratic elite who are going to tell us how to live our lives. So Ben someone who is incredibly knowledgeable about that. So we discussed that But we also look more broadly at the origins of climate alarmism and how it is that we've come to have such an incredibly uniform view about climate change amongst our media and political establishment. So it's an interesting conversation and I reckon we just go ahead and listen to it. I wanna I wanna start off by touching on climate science. So if I'm completely honest, I don't know tons about it, but the sort of first red flags i had with regard to the green movement were firstly how it seemed to quite conveniently align with the interests of people who are against capitalism against the existing system right and so you i would see sort of freudian slips at protests extinction rebellion protests where they'd say um system change not climate change and you know always seemed to me a bit suspicious that people seem to be so in love with the solution and so focused on the solution as opposed to the specific problem so that that was kind of one red flag the second one was about the way that just any people even if they're not particularly politically engaged whenever i would question the narrative you just get this quite uniform hysterical reaction and again that to me is always a bit of a red flag it um, it signals to me sort of that they've been to some degree brainwashed, right? Um, and, and lastly, more and more recently, is around globalism and I've seen that the same sorts of voices who have been telling us sort of, you know, being kindly from above, bestowing their wisdom about what COVID means for how we should run, live our lives. Some of the same voices are kind of speaking into globalism, um, you know, speaking about the green agenda and how, you know, we need global solutions and whatnot. So, Without digging into the science, I've kind of been a bit suspicious about it from that perspective. Um, And we'll get to some of that later. But just to start off, can you talk a little bit about the climate science and what does it say? What is the consensus that people speak about? And then kind of more broadly, how this pertains to the industrial economy? Because obviously, this is relevant to the extent that, um, yeah, we need to change our lives because of what the science says
1: well there's quite a lot in that and um uh i would suggest that that some of the um the system change not climate change stuff is i mean it's a bit of a red herring for everyone i mean they they're useful idiots and in terms of globalization those people who now you might say you you saw waving those placards if if it wasn't them it was their parents 20 years ago in the or longer now in the 1990s that were at um, anti globalization protests, and so th- that sort of uh, archetypal eco protester that you get now was mm. was saying there's something wrong with globalization in the 1990s and I think it says something that they were very easily absorbed into globalization you know they were very easily convinced they were just given if they didn't already have a seat at the table, yeah um they, they 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 were certainly given one thereafter um and um uh and, and and not much of 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 what they've said has changed and the the interesting thing about that is in in uh, you know there's a there's an aspect to that and we're still talking about the politics so i apologize but yeah the the the, the, the they, they were the useful idiots of of that process and that was a uh, it, it, i mean it, it would be hard to call that process itself anti-capitalist they mm. were billionaires you know from from the very beginnings the environmental movement has been the project of people like the rockefeller family yeah they've been, and that that's not in a conspiratorial way that's that's you know they've they funded the the um the the green campaign such as they were in the in the 60s 70s and 80s they 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 um, you know, they produced the Paul Ehrlichs, the Neo-Malthusians mm. of, of, of that era. They, they, um, they funded very, very uh, repugnant uh, sterilization campaigns throughout the developing world, l- leading to thousands of botched vasectomies and, and, um, uh, and, and so on, which led to lots of people being killed. Um, and and the, many of these sterilizations were forced and coerced. Yeah, um, and and that that was a that was a problem for the green movement for a long time. Um, so so I, I don't I don't I think we're sort of uh, that 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 process uh, that long process has sort of dissolved a lot of the categories of left and right and mm. capitalism and anti-capitalism which once hold or what once used to hold a bit more concretely, mm. um, and and I think it's sort of been given this veneer. Um, since that time, uh, in which those uh, which which sort of serves to further hide the categories that we might want to 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 uh, see them through. So, mm. how does this rhetoric essentially about science or science relate to industrial economy and and, and politics? Um, on the one at the one, at the beginning, I guess what we've got is this uh, notion of oh, sorry, so it's uh, quite quite a concrete scientific idea about the properties of CO two, mm-hmm. um, and which we can see in a laboratory. And at the other end, we've got uh, the climate emergency and you know the Greta the Greta spiel. The end of all life on Earth, blah 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 blah. So it's quite and and if you criticize any aspect of this, any point, you're obviously going to be called a denier. Yeah. So um, at this end, over at the over at the science end, I think I think we're pro- people are probably wa- wasting their times, time and energy and political capital by saying CO two is not a greenhouse gas or it has no global warming mm. properties, right? Um, uh, why why is, it, what, that the is, is
0: that? Because the narrative is—is that because the narrative's at a, a particular place now that you just get shot down?
1: Yeah, I mean th- yeah. that's part part of it. I mean, I I, I don't think it's a, I don't think all science is particularly convincing. Like that, that you y- you can demonstrate the properties of CO two, the heat trapping, or whatever you want to call it, heat trapping properties of CO two in a laboratory, and yeah. it's relatively. Um, sound to to r- work from that uh infer from that uh that there will be global warming right But okay. that's just the beginning that's just the beginning um and y- 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 you know of a, of a big long chain and if you do that you're 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 sort of running headlong into a huge in- institutional um monolith that you've got you're just going to be headbanging right yeah, you know, you're not. It's it's a bit like telling people there's no COVID virus. Well, you'll get a few people in in Hyde Park, and you know yeah. some five G people, and so on and so forth. But you're not going to convince anyone. Yeah. because that's yeah. and that, and that, and that's the weakest point anyone can probably um, find with the uh, that that's the least uh, weak point that anyone can find. There's this huge chain of reasoning to get from that to the Greta scenarios. Yeah, right so that so, so that's where so, so I'd call that that's that's a first order claim mm. then you then you get um, from that um, global warming you get cl- the idea of climate change and climate climate change and, it, and and that's relatively reasonable to infer that if things are a bit warmer then then climate systems are going to be ch- going to change and uh, this is where the controversy comes in because what you have is um, from from the, the fact of a climate change you have feedbacks so if there's a warmer climate you get some positive feedbacks and you get some cooling uh, negative feedback so warming and cooling so in the greater scenario we get warming on warming on warming on warming on warming Um, yeah and i think it's popular for the awf types to say this is venus's i i see
0: so so the so the um so the starting point is that co2 can lead to warming which will change the climate and then when the climate changes you could in theory you could have some warming consequences of that and some um cooling consequences of that is that what you're saying that's right that's, Yeah. So, and so, so, the, you... and so the, the, the the mainstream narrative is fixated on purely the warming um elements of climate change and the warming implications of it is that am i sort of relaying I, I, I guess that I...
1: correctly yeah, so I mean, to illustrate the point, um, you know, you, you might expect—this is just hypothetical—you might expect more clouds because there's more eva- evaporation of water mm-hmm. in a on a warmer planet. So then, that that produces two effects: that produce uh, the, the the clouds themselves reflect more heat yeah. back out to space, but they also trap more heat beneath them, right? So what what there is the the debate if there is a if there's a a debate about the material science of global warming it is what it it is about the net contribution of positive and negative feedbacks so so the alarmist if you like um uh uh, storyline is not constrained by reality it imagines that the earth could go on the same trajectory of a planet like venus where you get Temperatures of hundreds of degrees centigrade, right? Yeah. Um. But that, but that forgets the fact that Venus's atmosphere is is a hundred times um, denser than than, okay. than our planet's, right? So yeah. So they they're allowed, ironically, in a conversation about positive feedbacks and runaway climate change. There's no constraint on their end fantasy, right? Yeah. They just go, oh, well, what if what if it what if warming creates more warming and more warming creates more warming? Okay. And but but you actually get mainstream scientists. So so I agree with you. The mainstream narrative is is a lot towards that tendency. But actually, you get the mainstream scientists pulling back from that um, that story of runaway climate change. Um, they're not they're not fans of it. They might it might have been more popular for them in the 1990s. Okay, but since okay. then, they've said there's not. You know, you, you you'll get them speaking quite frankly about it, saying that runaway climate change is a is a bit of a bit of a a bad story. You know, it's, 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 it's not going to work like that. Um, just quickly are
0: those, so, um, are those views? So that change in the general view from mainstream scientists, is that part of like, is that communicated through the media now? So is that something that you'll hear through, um, through sort of mainstream debates about climate change? The fact that the runaway warming narrative, is
1: a little bit suspect no and and i I mean i i'd put it back to the 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 the, um the mainstream scientists as well saying they're not they're not they don't really go out their way to to make that point
2: Mm. right
1: you know they're not then they they'll have a sit down with xr and say oh you've pushed it a little bit too hard there yeah they won't they won't they won't have the same reaction to xr which is This far away from mainstream science, yeah. Um, uh, again, uh, than they were with the, with the, the climate deniers and skeptics who are maybe that yeah. far away from mainstream science.
0: Yeah, are they, they have much more. Go on. Yeah. No, any any thoughts on why that is? Why why are they not? I mean, I suppose it's a it's a way for them to get status, similar to kind of what we're seeing with some of the COVID stuff. Is that perhaps it get you know they are brought into these conversations. By people who are more more alarmist, and so are they i mean i am just trying to understand why they wouldn't because it's obviously taking us to some quite extreme places in terms mm. of dialogue so why why are they not saying anything
1: um I think there's a lot of pressure on them to conform to i, I mean they're part they're part of the ideology you know they they're i'm not going to let them off the hook yeah um but they' are i think that there's a lot of pressure on them i mean if you see anything that the the skeptics or the scientists that have stuck their neck out of it they get f- treated pretty fiercely um from their peers mm. um who are pretty dominant yeah um uh, so there's there's probably that pressure okay
0: and so this thing about um, the 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 97 percent climate scientists contents is that um, can you just quickly talk about? Uh, is that like a very cleverly chosen sample? Is that true? Is there some selection bias where you only really get into climate science if you are concerned? You know, if you're sort of ideologically into the whole green um, movement, the whole green ideology. Is it? Is it well, a that, 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 number? That,
1: how to? That's almost. Yeah, that's almost inevitably true, right? That, that, that there there have been in the last. 30, 40 years, they've been set up these uh, many research institutes that have essentially got their ideology on the nameplate, right? Yeah. So why, I, I was thinking about it for, for a while doing a PhD um, a long time ago, and then, and then well, what research organization has a place for someone who doesn't believe it, right? Yeah. The, the, the ideolo- ide- ideological conformity happens at the, <laughs> at the, uh, at the front door. That I a wasn't in science. That wasn't. I wasn't going to do a science degree. I was an yeah. arts.
0: So is that? I guess because of whether and this will, this will take us on to the the broader point about how it's fitting into globalization. You know, not globalization, but sort of globalism and global institutions. But is that is the fact that the research there's not really research places for someone who wants to challenge the narrative? Is that just a function of that's where the funding's coming from? So coming from people yeah. who are inclined towards. To want to believe in the um to push the the sort of ex- alarmist narrative
1: i mean y- y- there there is that narrative that we have that people are just in search of research budgets but that's that's a, that's prosaic almost that's a truism that's like yeah y- y- like i say if you set yourself if you set up an institute that researches sustainability you're only going to get people who are drawn to sustainability as members of that organisation. Yeah, right. Uh, in sustainability, and you know, these research institutes are multidisciplinary. They, you know, all the way from physical science through to social science, so so uh, and beyond. I mean, I've seen I've seen some of them do poetry and performative dancing, you know, kind of things as the same in the same institute as climate science you know it's just nonsense but but you're not you're you're not going to as a as somebody skeptical skeptical of that ideology they're not going to invite you and you're not going to accept an invitation so it's it's um it's academia has 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 become colonized by that ideology i think that's that's fairly obvious yeah um and and uh to the, uh, it, it, you can you can go all the way back to the research grants the funding organizations like the ESRC and the other the other um public funding organizations they've got it at the you know almost underneath their titles or you know their their names of their organizations um their their sustain, their, their mission statement is sustainability yeah right so you you're not going to get funding for uh, a project which sheds light on sustainability as an ideology it's 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 it's, it's, it's not going to happen you have to find some creative way of using public money to yeah, do that research these all the all the research all the public research organisations have that same political yeah. um imp- uh imperative in their dna now that's that's they're part of i i think i talk about academia as basically just a massively extended think tank for the political establishment and that's not yeah. a conspiratorial perspective it's just it's just that academia has now uh, as an institution has grown into government they, they, they you know and it, it, it was deliberate you know you, you, if you remember back in the 1990s you probably don't um but not there were really. uh, the, the 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 expression was um government of all the talents yeah okay so, well, so
0: this so, all yeah. well, this, so this, this was similar to what happened it, a, this is sort of FDR's brain trust um is it sort of a follow on from that kind of
1: um like structure? i not I don't know the precise lineage, and you can even you can even I mean um, this goes back before my time as well. But you can find um, Margaret Thatcher saying similar things. Um, I think it was relevance. Relevance was her thing. Uh, the okay. relevance okay. of scientific research it had to have uh, application in public policy. Yeah, you know, you know in order to to sort of justify these budgets. Uh huh. Um, but this this trend of technocracy, if you like, of this sort of uh, it, 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 it's postmodernism essentially. It's 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 this post-political um, sort of idea about how to organise society and how to determine what priorities governments should have. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: some of its some of its at face value, we could we we might like to agree with it. It's only by sort of scratching beneath the surface that we we can we can find problems with it. But some of it is nefarious and it needs yeah. to be needs to be challenged and and confronted. Um, yeah. So why is it, to your mind, that so I
0: you know, I kind of brought you in from the perspective of this seems to align a lot with the World Economic Forum's Great Reset and removing you know basically removing accountability, national sovereignty, the rest of it. To, um, so I've, I've kind of led you there a bit, but to your mind, why is it that um, that the climate alarm, climate alarmism is so front and center now in in our in our politics
1: that's a big question seb um okay. so <laughs> well, if, I, well,
0: if, that, if that's too much of a big question why don't we just focus on it in that well, specific, I mean, unless you agree funda- unless you disagree fundamentally with that um maybe we can focus it on just in the context of um sort of global globalism um, not globalization necessarily, but globalism and yeah, the yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. loss of national sovereignty.
1: So I, I think I think we could attribute too much purpose and intentionality to uh, the historical development that you're talking about. This okay. uh, this okay. growth of technocracy and the emergence of the WEF. And um, as James Dellingpole, I forgot the name of the guy that he's had on his podcast recently. Great, great little story um, about how. Um these technocrats have um been around since the 1930s and they you know they were called themselves technocracy Inc back then i think or might movies even earlier and they were they were kind of kind of crazy um uh, uh, i i 've been sort of uh trolling w f on uh twitter for for years and that's, and before it was bit, cool before it was cool before it was cool but uh, i said um uh, but in the last six months. They've gone viral, haven't they? And, but but yeah. but now you just read it and it's just, you, you, I couldn't imagine a better public relations disaster than than what they've put out. Every, underneath every single tweet is just a torrent of people saying F you. Yeah, well they've, so
0: I it's remember Klaus, just... Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab came on, but he disabled comments, um, but you still had, because obviously he wanted to protect his his yeah. feed, but if you looked at the number of people who had quote retweeted his his hello, <laughs> it was just obscene. So he still got he still oh. got slandered even
1: though. Not so if said, uh, if they if they were if they were the masters of the universe or even the world, there would have been a there would have been someone holding him back from joining Twitter. I mean I I, I hope I, I was one of the first people to be blocked by him. <laughs> but there's nothing that guy could do to make him, to improve his Yeah. I mean he's just a Bond villain <laughs> yeah.
2: He styled he
1: almost styled him he, he's he, there's nothing endearing about there's nothing charming or endearing yeah. about his personality there's nothing there's nothing that will convince anyone in the street of yeah. their good faith yeah, right. I, and, yeah. Uh, and so so I think we should bear that, bear that in mind um, so, so, but why, but why does the so why does why does the sort of climate change emerge as, as is, is was your question, and yeah. and I think the answer to that is uh, is the weakness of what we were just describing is that this technocracy, this process of technocracy, um, has really struggled actually, like kind of, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm reminded of this um, wh- when I when I. Um, uh, look at the net net zero stuff that, that 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 was all happening in the in the 2000s right between sort of 2000 and 2015 they were really trying to make the labor government and then and their successors were really trying to make climate change the 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 center of their whole whole thing um so you see david Miliband and then ed, ed Miliband talking about what 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 the what what the <laughs> Quite candidly about what the agenda is, and that they're going to make everyone live within ecological limits, and they were, and 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 it created this um, consensus across all three parties, and that was sort of, that was just a joke, right? So you had, in I think 2000, it was when I started blogging uh, in about 2007, so just before the climate change act, the the Labour government said that that we would they would reduce CO2 emissions by 60% by 2050. And then the Tories said we're going to reduce CO two emissions by eighty percent by twenty fifty, and then the, tour, uh, the Lib Dems said that they were going to reduce CO two emissions entirely, one hundred percent, by twenty fifty, and abolish the petrol car and abolish um, nuclear power. Looks like the Lib Dems have, have won. But that was a, that that sort of little consensus. I mean, oh look, we're all green now. Oh, we, this is great. It's great. Um, and 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 uh, but but what was happening <laughs> was that. The uh, Eurosceptic movement was growing. So as far as as far as the political establishment was concerned, it was reformulating around this idea of uh, uh, of a supranational, you know, supranational politics, the EU and the UN, and so on and yeah. so, so forth. But actually, what was developing underneath was a real threat to that that order. Yeah. Right. So they were, the, but they were. The, so so what I'm what I'm drawing. What I'm, so I'm saying that that the emphasis on climate change is a sort of uh a response an unconscious response of the political establishment to its own existential crisis mm. so essentially it, it perceives its own irrelevance to people's lives and it's sort of its own intransigence mm.
2: um
1: as as a as an ap- a problem with the atmosphere yeah a, yeah oh, oh uh, y- 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 you know it's it's almost like um, uh, a dictator or a monarch, increasingly paranoid, increasingly unable—you know, increasingly um, uh, vulnerable to the sentiments of the broader general population—yeah, has to find ever more sort of desperate ways to justify their existence and and, and their position. Yeah, and cli- climate change has served throughout um, the last well since the 80s, really. As, as that as that vehicle yeah because you need because it
0: needs sort of coordination and expertise and so it needs authority you know it, people are the def- people i guess are more likely to defer because it's, it's i guess it's a doctrine of fear right um and not to get too hung up on the notion of of a doctrine but whenever anything is um, kind of invokes fear in people Your the instinctive response is okay we need authority right so i suppose there's sort of a natural and government has been the foremost authority for in our you know for decades centuries even right um in in our in our societies so kind of from that dynamic it just kind of follows that it makes them relevant again um, right and, yeah. and you've
1: got so so you've got you've got um C- climate change in the 1990s and 2000s and into the 2010s, nobody's paying any attention to it. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Greenpeace, nonsense, yeah. whatever, we want we want to get out of Europe. Then then you've got w- w- that, that w- we succeed, if you like, our project works, and then they roll out Project Fear. So that's, so you, 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 and then the only one that's worked, and I don't know how for how much longer, has been COVID- Corona. Yeah. I mean we've had moral moral panics and risk panics. Um, Spiked is great on this. They've yeah. since the 90s. They've they've shown the um, the role of panic and fear in society um, mm. and politics and, and and what it really says about government. Um, but the only one they've really managed to get any leverage with is is coronavirus. And yeah, and I and, and I suspect that's more because it's an immediate yeah immediate thing and yeah. then they're, they're obviously going to try to draw on that to link the, you know they say things like um covid is more likely you know in, in viruses become more likely when because the climate, of climate changes change.
2: yeah
1: and it's not even true i mean it doesn't even work I mean, you, you look at uh, the 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 number of uh lives lost and uh, qal lost to infectious disease and it's and it's in precipitous decline it has been since the 1990s yeah uh, the era of climate change right so so yeah. so that's just a lie so so I, there's a sort of immediate i i they, they've managed to convince a lot of people of their immediate uh the, the immediate risks they're exposed to they haven't convinced anyone that, that that climate change is going to kill them such that there could be a climate lockdown i think i think that if, if they if they're getting excited about the innovation of of lockdowns for coronavirus they, they being the government then then they're they they've got another another when thing. When you're saying
0: of, when you say they're not convincing people, do you just mean, I suppose people are removed from the kind of from the establishment, you know? From, because basically, it seems to me that if you were to, you know, if you go to the BBC or if you go to kind of our li- liberal metropolitan sort of crowd, right, the kind of crowd where in the intro I said they're the people that just kind of go how. Oh, wait, how can you not believe in climate change? You know those sorts of people. They it seems mm. to have got with influential people. It seems to have their buy-in. Is, are you more talking about sort of the popul- population at large that they're not hugely concerned about climate change? Because it seems like it has some traction to me. <clears throat>
1: um, um, yeah, I think I think amongst the general population, okay. not not the not the Westminster. Yeah, I mean everyone in Westminster. <coughs> excuse me. Everyone in Westminster is completely convinced by it. Yeah, and and yes, if if you say you don't believe it, then they'll yeah. they almost have an anaphylactic shock. I mean, it's it's totally anathema to them that you yeah. could even you could even criticise it. The sort, the
0: sort of Remainer crowd seem quite. I guess it's a similar kind of um, it's it's similar kind of people, isn't it? It's a similar kind of intellectual bubble, right? Um, people that it's sort of the Remainer crowd type people. It seems that they, you know, the Extinction Rebellion type people obviously some of those are pretty out there but that there there does seem to be decent buying let's say in, in like Hackney in London for example if you were around speaking to people in bars you'd probably get slapped if you <laughs> if you basically oh, I've
1: just moved I've just moved from well two years two or three years now um, moved from Hackney um <laughs> but most people just having fun in Hackney yeah but,
0: know, know. but they wouldn't but saying, if you were to speak to them about climate change I I
1: kind of get the feel. Oh, yeah, 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 and they'll be, they'll be, they But I mean, but
0: how representative are they? Right? Is that? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a mixed bag, and and um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that they all live in Hackney. I think there are some very prominent people in Hackney. Yeah. Well, so that, <laughs> uh, but, so I mean, that type
0: what, of that type of person, right? But I guess. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah so, I, so what? what, what where?
0: The immediate action right is the yeah bit. so yeah but
1: i think the bbc is a better a better category than than hackney right so so what uh um but but what and that but that makes my point i've never seen so like just as the reaction to the WEF is has just exploded yeah the reaction to the bbc is now i mean since project fear as well yeah which the BBC were were fully amped up on. Yeah. Um. Th- there's been non-stop criticism of the BBC. It's 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 mainstream now. Oh, it's our mainstream now is to say the BBC doesn't speak uh, 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 doesn't speak for me. And, yeah. and even even on side in uh, millennials. Um. I mean, I guess your generation. Um. They they don't even have the BBC. Yeah. They don't, they, you know, they move into a flat and they all get, they all get shared flat. They get Netflix.
0: Yeah. No, it's interesting. that It's one of the few areas that we can get a consensus because actually, not the BBC, someone owns not the, BBC.com, the main. <laughs> and I had a look into them and they're sort of a Corbynista type, right? So it's actually one of right. the few places
1: that you can get some any sort of coalition across the political well, that's, areas is against That's right. I'm, I mean, my left-wing friends in Hackney switched it off possibly before i did yeah Uh, this is this is bullshit i can get what i want from podcasts i can get i can get what you know i can create my own mainstream media if you like you know yeah and and that's why channels such as yours are going to be great in the future because people people don't want people i don't think people want to be spoon fed yeah um, uh, yeah, one and su- story in, a, in, in in this more complicated world. Like, yeah,
0: I suppose that's the thing with, with the green agendas is that it's more top down than bottom up, bottom up, right? So that the interest is more something that's coming from the top, yeah, top down, rather than something that's sort of like a grassroots thing around green.
1: And the, the green agenda is an, an attempt to reassert that monolithic,
0: yeah. uh, um,
1: yeah, okay. institution.
0: So we'll get um, to the green agenda in a second. Just a final point on on this last segment. So you're talking about how the green agenda has been leveraged by a political establishment insecure about their waning relevance. Uh, yeah. That and but that and that pertains to these global institutions. Is that because or that's basically um, that is goes alongside the fact that our political establishment also happens to be more globally oriented right so more oriented towards globalist um, globalist institutions because there's a there's a gap there right so there's like on in westminster our national governments are more interested in climate change right but they like, we could still have national sovereignty right and still believe in and still have um climate alarmism and stuff like that but there's a there seems to be a, a shift where you know towards international law and whatnot where it's actually these global institutions so is that is the fact that we are now sort of r- risking at risk of losing our sovereignty to global institutions is that also a function of the fact that our national governments are just more caught up in these global institutions than they were historically I'm just trying to establish that link if yeah. you if you get where i'm coming so, from. so
1: uh yeah no so there's a few things in there i i am I, I, did a, I did a degree as a mature student, um, and I, I graduated 10, 10, 11 years ago. And I remember I'd, I'd meet, i I'd go got all these things, and there was, there was this one guy who was a fanatical, nice guy, but a fanatical Eurofederalist. He was from, he was from I think he was Spanish. Um, and, he, and it was the first time I heard the expression global solutions. Sorry, I've, already, I've got my punchline. <laughs> and all around. Go, global problems need global solutions, yeah. right? Um, and I was well, yeah, but global uh, global solutions need global problems, right? There's a lot of this globalism is isn't a, very, a particularly conscious process. Like right? there's no one, there's no one sort of saying uh, we are the globalists. If you if you take my friend there, his his he doesn't understand. The problem uh, is one of uh, a remedy in search of a malady. It's just, it's, you know, like it's, it's that classic. Oh, excuse me, classic. If you've only got a hammer, yeah, I every problem like looks a like a nail, nail right? Yeah. It's 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 like it's hardwired into their heads. Well, well, well. Of course, if a problem is global, you need a global solution. Of course, yeah. Like, never mind that something like poverty is is. Um, is an extremely local problem by definition yeah you're not plugged into the economy and and it doesn't matter you, you, you know you you can helicopter in all the all all the stuff um but what what the, those people need to be economic poverty people who live uh live in that condition need to be economically active and that's that that, that that's that's not something that you can construct from a global organization you yeah. know that 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 uh may even injure the possibilities of of people um coming together uh in in the way that's required to to solve those problems for themselves you know um and 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 we may prolong people's um pain by intervening in the wrong way Mm. um uh, no matter how well meaning we are so so uh well uh so I, I think I think global globalism is sort of to the extent that it's sort of an uh, ideology. It's really unaware of itself. Mm. It's not it's not a doc. It's not as concrete a doctrine as as sort of uh, as as ideologies or political movements have been in the past. Okay. Um, and I and, 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 and so I think it's sort of parasitical on ideas like I, I, the environment. So it needs it needs it needs to be it needs these kind of um, s- movements, sub movements, almost to, which, to make
0: itself relevant.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, and, to and, so, and and that's interesting. Like that's why you get that interesting convergence. You know, I think you 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 brought them up of environmentalism and BLM and Antifa, I suppose you could say at a pinch and remain you, in a sort of coalesce. I've never, yeah. I've never met a sort of green activist who I thought has anything between the ears <laughs> like they they've 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 surrendered judgment and I, and, yeah. and I find and and you do it it does sort of express itself with BLM and antifar and remain in the same way i mean I, I another old acquaintance of mine i remember during the referendum he, he thought that that, that, that the Scot- his old school friend thought david cameron wanted brexit so that they could get TTIP passed in the European Parliament. You know, it's like just, I mean, it, 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 it's a very, the, the, the level of engagement with these political ideas is extremely uh, thin. So people are, people are very moved by yeah. um, fear. They're very moved by sort of stark moral categories like fascism or, racism yeah um so they see it when it doesn't exist and and it's the same with climate change and so i think that's why you get that coherence
0: i guess yeah that that definitely makes sense because it's, it's sort of emerging out of the um the secular world and all of these are sort of you know many would say these are sort of replacements for for religion so in terms of people getting their yeah. meaning from all these really just causes as you know that's where a lot of the the kind of um yeah, the link between a lot of these things are sort of anti-fascism and and being green and stuff It's that replacement. Um, So, okay. So, so that, yeah, that kind of explains why. uh, And so the, and our, our politicians are, you don't link our politicians to um, the sort of globalism, you know, you don't link that chain so much in terms of our, our politicians looking for increased relevance and then they're you know and and latching on to or maybe that creates an alignment right so you have globalists who uh, are made relevant because global solutions and whatnot and then you have national political establishments who also see the green and movement as an opportunity for relevance so they kind of have an alignment around that possibly i'm just trying yeah i'm just trying to um I'm just trying to kind of finalize that just to under- establish that link about why it is that we are now being told that we have to live a certain way because Klaus Schwab wants us to. Um, right. And how that kind of derives from the initial traction that you, you know you were saying that that environmentalism the green agenda got you know it got its initial traction in our national governments try you know concerned I, I about the relevance. Now I'm I, think I'm, I'm,
1: I mean I'm, I might be further I might be I might be slightly far away here from maybe your position or position a lot of your you you, you where people who are watching this maybe coming from. Mm. In that I I don't necessarily see something like the Great Reset as um, how would I explain coordinated you know, Coordinate how, yeah yeah, yeah okay. I I think it's it's sort of right. it's, it's almost it's like almost like a stream of consciousness with these guys with this with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, read, I read a lot of their, you know, their reports. Not just from w f This kind of like, I was reading. I think it was yesterday. I was reading the COP twenty six, the next climate meeting, yeah, uh, conference, and it's just, it's just a stream of consciousness. It's just an inner monologue, of uh, you know, a concatenation of Greta style. Um, Nonsense! You know, like the 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 temperatures are soaring. Well, they've risen maybe a couple of tens of points. You know. Yeah. You, you know, storms are increasing. Well, that's just palpably not true. Yeah. Um. You know, we we can see we can measure it. Yeah. Um. There is no increase in the in the in the energy of, uh, of storms in the Atlantic, for example. Um, and yeah. People are dying. That's not true. None of the claims are true. And and and. I just I don't I think it's just um, I call them zombies because because that they they don't there's no engagement with the with with the science or the facts. It's just this endless sort of recycling of platitudes and 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 claims uh, 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 are that that sort of pushes them on. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't it it, it doesn't. it's no communist manifesto, this, you know, yeah. and it's no, or it's no, um, and I think that's the greater danger is, first of all, that we we attribute too much to, we credit them with too much agency, essentially, mm-hmm. um, and and um, and we don't recognise that they're just chaotic. Yeah. That they don't. They don't. Uh, and that the and uh, and and that mean that's good for us in a way, in that we can sort of say, well um that's an opportunity yeah to, to... yeah they're not so, they're
0: not some fearsome foe <laughs> that's you know? right yeah yeah because yeah. a lot of people are you know pretty a lot of people yeah. quite intimidated by the globalists so to speak uh, but I, I do think that you can yeah you can kind of remove the need for focus on intentionality from the other stuff because those i think even people like me who are a bit cynical about What's going on, and see some coordination. I think in order for that for to get any sort of traction, you still need these broader forces to manifest, right? These sort these sorts of tendencies towards needing global solutions, which are sort of implicit. Right. You don't need it, so you don't need to obsess over how coordinated it is. I guess to actually really focus on to to see through and to actually provide solutions that are likely to get traction. Yeah, and
1: there's a lot of energy in that for in those forces. There's a colossal. And so, uh, so you, to you know, as a caveat to what I just said, I don't you shouldn't be naive to the danger of 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 of, of that stuff. Like the, you know, they destroy people um, who get in their way, yeah. as as I mentioned, the, the scientists who speak out of turn, and you know, the, and and as we're seeing now, if you if you get in the way of um, some Times columnists or more um, increasingly, um, used to be the Guardian's Times sort of are bad in- just just now. hideous attacks on people for just questioning the dominant the dominant storyline and that you know they they're they they want to destroy yeah. Um, yeah but that they're, they're sort a of rat in the corner essentially um uh and 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 we, and we and we shouldn't be complacent about the um you know the 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 power of their agenda on the world stage two, you know, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. You, we, we've got no access to it. It's yeah. Um, and in terms of,
0: in terms of the sort of urgency of that. So you wrote an article a few weeks ago about the, the policing of the green agenda. Um, and mm-hmm. how, and that's part of my immediate interest in this is that I'm seeing what's going on with, with COVID and seeing how, you know, it's leading to a destruction in, in civil liberties. Right. And how it's basically, it's a, it's a fear-based narrative which short circuits people's ability to reason, and basically just consolidates power in in figures of authority. And so, it's you know your article that I saw certain parallels in in your article in the sense that you were speaking a little bit about how, in order, some of these ambitious goals, will need policing if they're going to be realistic, if they're going to be realistically enforced. So, can you talk a little bit about your like? The, the broad outline of that article and some of your your concerns there about that
1: on my blog, I
0: think. Wasn't yeah, it? it was on your blog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't have so, to uh, say uh, on that article, but just on the, you know on the general point about yeah. the feasibility of these goals and how they might need to be enforced and why that's a risk to
1: us Well, so it occurred to me um, a, a year or so ago. Um, first of all, I think we're entering a, a new phase of. The climate wars, so to speak. So it's always been, up until r- relatively recently, uh, targets have been abstract, uh, emit far off emissions targets, and and um, there's not been much discussion from mainstream politics about how to really realise it. It's increased energy prices, but most most people were able to somehow absorb ob- absorb those costs. Um, uh, without sort of really attaching the co- the, the consequences to the policies um, yeah. so that 's going to change now so what 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 occurred to me when x r were marching you know blocking bridges and so on was that there is literally no president well i couldn 't think of a president in history um what was uh, uh, of, of achieving what they wanted without uh, guns and tanks and soldiers on the streets pointing at citizens? Yeah. Because what they wanted was net zero by 2025.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> that implies such a radical change of society, yeah. such an absolute destruction of vast amounts of wealth
2: yeah.
1: that, that you couldn't enforce it on a Population without major kickback, you know, you, yeah. you, you're gonna. It's it's it's. I mean, it's just it's just inconceivable to me. Well, see, so I guess it's a
0: similar dynamic to what we're seeing with some of this aggressive policing around COVID. It's just like it's overnight you're requiring people to have a completely different set of habits and desires and things that they want to do, and so you kind of see a microcosm of it there that you need absolutely. to police out, right? So it's, I guess it's a broader, exact yeah. Exa- so so you
1: i mean you you you'll be telling i mean there is no aspect of your life that wouldn't change you wouldn't be you wouldn't be going to visit grandma you wouldn't be having sunday dinner uh you 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 probably wouldn't have a a normal job you'd probably be given an allocation of labor right yeah that's serious that's i mean you can call it communism or, or fashion i mean i've had this discussion with people on twitter recently about these shocking words these historical words and and, and, and i find who 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 wants to pick who wants to split hairs about whether it's uh, the boot standing on your neck is from the left foot or the right foot yeah. right? who cares what brand it is
2: exactly yeah, yeah.
1: it's yeah. An, it's a radic- it's a very radical uh, proposition for the reorganization of society by 2025 right so by 2050 how different is it and 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 um, I, I I don't I don't know if it can be much more peaceful. I mean, it, it, you know, it, 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 a transition if yeah. it's given another quarter of a century. Now that doesn't. It's a long time, but I'm I'm in my forties now, and it doesn't seem like very long ago that I was twenty. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: It, it 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 was but in terms of what has changed in society beyond the, not in terms of the politics. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't think that that sort of incremental changes, salami slicing, I think is the, yeah. uh, is the term. It, it would just be, it would be, it, be an extraordinary transformation. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that they've, I don't think they, they've got the uh, political capital to achieve it. I wrote this about this in Spiked for in terms of Joe Biden. So yeah. um, uh, it, it, you're going to take people's cars away. You're going to, you're going to t- take people's boilers away. You're going to, you're going to re- re- de-industrialize. You're going to reduce our global competitiveness. This is necessarily going to have consequences for, um, for everyone who's got a job in the productive sector. Yeah. It's going to reduce the amount of capital uh, cash that's available for the public sector. Um, it's going to. It's probably going to rob people of their pensions. It's definitely yeah. going to rob people of their savings. There's going to be inflation to pay for it. There's going to be wealth taxes of all kinds, and and um, uh, that that. <laughs> and, the that's that are, and the people that are pushing
0: it. And the people that are pushing it aren't quite as implicated in in a lot of this, right? In terms of the wealthy. It's going to hit, it's going to, you know, a lot of those things will fall mostly on people who aren't so well off. Right. A lot of those. That's costs. right.
1: That's right. And and so the only way I can sort of really imagine them, um, the, the government that is managing this crisis is by increasingly intervening. So yeah. the, the, the ideas are getting mooted around, you know, pushed around now, like uh, UBI, universal basic income or yeah. three day weeks or, you know, uh, just abandoning the notion of private property altogether. You know, you don't own your home. Yeah. Uh, you rent it, you rent. I mean, the WF have this nonsense about We'll be about happy you. about that
0: according to them.
1: <laughs> that's right, that's the same thing. Yeah, you rent your clothes, you rent your knickers. <laughs> I mean, who's gonna, who's gonna put up with that? Like. Yeah. You,
0: um, you, you, it's, yeah, it's insane. I mean, it, se- it seems to me though that the time frame. you know, like you said, even 2050, there might not be, um, that, you know, we it might still be quite a short amount of time in terms of the actual, you know, in when contrasted with the radical transformation involved. But it seems to me that the fundamental issue isn't necessarily of a time frame. It's more of the philosophy that here is a problem that we must basically outsource our own sovereignty to um, both as individuals and as, and as collectives, right, you know, our, our primary form of organisation now is as nations, right? but it seems more that the time frame is, is of course an issue because it just means it's going to be more drastic, but it seems to me in many ways that that's independent of the kind of fundamental um, philosophy that underpins it, which is that this is something that you guys, that we can't solve as sovereign individuals, right? This is something that there needs to be some or some great authority must yeah, a, a huge amount of control is involved in it because that's the only way you can get everyone to act in, in a particular way, right?
1: Which is what yeah, yeah, they candid- right? yeah. They call it the war footing, yeah. And you, you, get, you get Caroline Lucas and other Greens going for quite a long time saying, We need to be on a war footing, we need to be treating this, and uh, and actually, some of the sort of um, such as they are, uh, philosophers of the XR movement were very much about mobilizing uh they called it the cli- you know mobile the, they called the called, called it the climate mobilization project and they were very much about engendering a sense of fear equivalent to the fear of nazism yeah um that but in their imagination you see world war Two was just a straightforward response to fascism yeah which is just obviously historically incorrect like kind of like there were you, you, people didn't go around invading people because they were fascists. Because yeah, I mean you'd just be you'd be there would never <laughs> everyone was a fascist <laughs> on those terms, right? Yeah, On what well, terms? Only by today, like so so like you know the mythology of the Second World War followed the Second World War wasn't didn't emerge wasn't wasn't part of the uh, his history before that, Um and so and and equally the war footing in which the entire country is unified by this sense of purpose and a common foe. um, That's a mythology too. I mean, a lot of people really, really hated the government um, for getting involved in the war for its actions in the war um, or, or, you know, for all sorts of reasons. There were plenty of people who were um, uh, 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 not obedient to the, to the to the there's lots of people involved in that market. I mean, you know, they were probably bad people too. <laughs> I'm not I'm certainly not 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 um, moralizing uh, on you know in, in their favor. Um, but but the, the, the just that a hell of a lot has happened, um, and that to a, a lot of history has happened since then. That clouds our understanding of mobilizing an entire country to one purpose. Yeah. That, 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 that it's they're almost romantic about just i mean the, the, to aspire to want to be on a footing equivalent to what people had to put up with in world war Two. i mean you've got to be lacking in moral fiber to think that's a good thing
2: yeah
1: i would like to be in a place that we were in in 1944 yeah i can't think of anything more evil than yeah. wanting to reproduce that yeah that that i mean it's, i mean if it isn't fascism in itself <laughs> wanting to ever to unite everyone in terror yeah what is
0: no well, exactly the thing that the, the thing that underpins all of these things is is the control they all happen to coincide with huge amount of conformity and, and control from the top right um, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing that people are blind to is that that, that people kind of Always expecting these sorts of contr- these sorts of um, totalitarian forces to come in that guise, right, but the nature of it is that it has to come in a way that it, that pe- is rationalized for people in a way that seems palatable right so in in the past, um, Nazis and, and the communists they had their own rationalizations which fit with the kind of general understanding mm-hmm. people have about the world. so the fundamental isn't the character of they're an enemy of the party or like this person is let's say Jewish and, and we, you know we don't like Jews right it, we're kind of expecting it to come in that guys but no the fundamental thing is is this notion of everyone needs to live in fear we all need to conform if you don't conform you're a threat um and we need to listen to to the uh, big authority figures up top mm. right and that seems to me to be like a big um to be yeah to be the thing that people don't seem to get and that's why people go oh but you know the, the environment is a, you know it's it's a, it's it's a risk right you know glo- you know global warming is a risk yeah and it's a danger
1: yeah if the environment goes then we all go Yeah. yeah. And
0: so, as yeah. a, a final point, um, and this is a long, qu- so we we can keep this short because this could you know could go on forever. But just in terms of like how to get out of this, right? How to sort of push back against this, um, this immediate, um, the, yeah. In order to stop this immediate, very aggressive agenda being put in, um, how do you kind of see what mechanisms do you think we have to to push back against this?
1: I think initiatives like yours, independent media, yeah. um, and, and, and suffering all that's going to be thrown at it, whether it's big tech closing down our accounts or
2: yeah.
1: or, um, uh, or you, you know uh, uh, newspapers saying that discussions like this are fascism when we've just been discussing how much we detest yeah. that kind of ideological extremism. Um, uh, I, I think that, 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 that's one answer. Um, yeah, I agree. I,
0: I, I, uh, I agree with that in the, in terms of, um, you need freedom of speech, right? You need to, you need to give people access to the whole plethora of scientific, non-scientific views about it. Right. So I, I agree with yes. that, 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 that building out a media ecosystem where people can say whatever they want and making sure that has some widespread penetration. I definitely agree. That's important. Yeah.
1: So, um, and I have this, had this debate a lot when people say that, you know, when I point out, they're going to take away your car, they're going to take away your boiler. And um, they, they say, over my dead body, I say, okay, well, what are you going to do? So, I mean, I don't necessarily have the answer mm. at the moment. Um, so, uh, because they, all they have to do to take away your car is turn, is to either amp fuel duty, so you can't afford to use it, or just switch off the supply. Yeah. Switch, there's no more yeah. petrol and there's no more gas. It just doesn't come through the pipe. So you're stuffed. Um doesn't matter whether it's over your dead body or not. Um so uh I think we've got we've got to work to get um or to discuss, we we are necessarily the people to do it. Um, we've got to get an alternative to I think it'd be a good thing if there's an alternative to the Labour Party and an alternative to the Conservative Party. And perhaps some other positions in between. I can't fault the Green Party for existing or to having a philosophy that they want to advance to the democratic yeah. process. That's 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 good for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, so I I I think it's that we've got to recognise that the Conservative Party and the Labour Party are just two offices of the same of the same institution. The same. They're just two offices of the state, and we get to choose whether yeah. it's the red team or the blue team and there's nothing else that they offer us apart from minor little changes in managerial yeah. styles yeah. and that's been really toxic and they've let themselves hollow out what their offerings to the public are such that democracies diminish such that they find themselves in this post-democratic malaise where they've got nothing to offer nobody likes them no, but, yeah. you know, I, I you know, I've got left wing friends who hate the Labour Party with a passion. Not necessarily because they want to go back to real socialism,
2: yeah,
1: but because it's just been a it's just been a, a war yeah. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, what is what is the what is last twenty years of its history been warmongering and attacks on, on the on the working class. And that's yeah. the Labour Party. And the Tory party is no more faithful to its constituency. Yeah, they're certainly either. loathed now as well by
0: many yeah. people on the right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so, 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 uh, I, 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 so I think we shouldn't just hope for those two failed, ailing institutions to collapse. I think we should sort of help them, yeah. we should help them euthanise themselves. Help them
2: themselves. off the cliff,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, there's a nice view. Let's just, yeah. just get closer to it. Or... Um, uh, um, um, we, we sh- I, I, and I do this on Twitter all the time, saying, look, I think we're going to just have to suffer a Labour government after we've had it, after this government fails. Yeah. Before we begin to realise that this is part of the problem is this awful two-party system. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like saying that a two-party state is only half as bad as a one-party state isn't it it's it's, it's like there's nothing more to it than that it's just that and they don't really disagree on anything um they just they just the other the party that's not in power wants the um, party that is in power to do more of what it is doing so it's like that race back to that race in the uh mid-2000s when the tories said they were labor labor government said they were going to cut co2 emissions by 60 percent and the Tories said it should be eighty percent, and the Lib Dems said it would be a hundred percent. Well, that's that's not <clears throat> that's not a political disagreement. That's not a it's debate. How, that's just, democracy.
0: Yeah, it's always just about how diluted your poison is, right? It's, it doesn't change the right. poison. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> or how strong your booze is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that's not a manifesto. Yeah. But yeah. I think though I think we recognize that they've got they're very weak that they're going to lash out in their own defense um and we we, we just keep plugging away i think those are our opportunities at the moment
0: yeah and um, um, the final one that i see is that is is this distinction which is only getting clear in my mind just around um scientism no, and just
2: self. okay um, Sorry,
0: just in t- just in terms of scientism and just helping Get, and that's linked to the media space, right? But I just think getting people clear of, you know, just clarifying this notion that you can be, and you don't have to, it's not being anti-science just because the government are framing a problem about COVID and about the greed in terms of what their scientists are saying. That it, Rejecting that is not yeah, the yeah, same as yeah. being anti-science. I think that's an important part of it as well.
1: You, you raised a good point. I think we probably strayed from that during the conversation. Like, the the tendency is, so... Uh, and, and you can think of so many policy areas from abortion, drugs, policy, cl- uh, climate change, you know, who who gets what? The very essence of politics is all being defined by these seemingly technical questions. Yeah. Um, when they're moral questions, they're questions of conscience, They're, they're you know, they're questions that everyone should uh should be able to participate in but then they're excluded because oh well this report from this organization says says uh that um smoking weed is good or bad or indifferent for you you know like that <coughs> excuse me you need to have questions about um uh, you know you, you need, some of these things need to be moral answered in moral terms so you know and drugs drugs policy is my favorite not, not as a as a as a topic to read, but as a sort of example, mm. um, is that I re- I really like Peter Hitchens.
0: Yeah, so, But mind. I think
1: he's got it wrong. He's, he's right, but he's wrong. So mm. he's, he goes up against someone like Russell Brand. Yeah, and and um, um uh, you, you, Russell or or some some other sort of progressive drug policies. Okay, so there's a problem with people being high all the time right, is damaging to themselves and to their right. So, but then, uh, and, and, and Peter Hitchens makes the point that, that, you know, that this is a selfish indulgence that, and, and he's right for that, but the question is, should the government have the right, does the government have the right and the responsibility to stop you doing as you want? Is to it, Is it right for the government to enforce sobriety and, yeah. and, and so on and so forth. So those are the mentions of that, but, of the, those are the dimensions that should be the debate but what they want to say is well this is the risk analysis we yeah. have this complicated schedule of of which drugs are how harmful in what context and what proportions um and i don't i i, I think that's sort of alienating from for most people um and 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 the same is true for, for for those other debates so scientism is is sort of insidious in a way and it creeps into debates where um, where we, we don't see them as being ideological, we don't see climate change debates being um, informed by ideology, but that's because in part and the sort of the politics since Thatcher has been about risk yeah. and we've become inured to the idea that the government should mitigate all risks that we're exposed to. Yeah, um,
0: and yeah it's quite a subtle ideology um scientism isn't it it's it 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 very much is one but it kind of because it kind of cloaks itself in being sort of an objective phenomenon i think it gets away with a lot of a lot more than it might do otherwise
1: yeah i think so i think um and it's easier right you know as long as everything's sort of trundling along then then uh, you know someone who who offers themselves as a sort of risk mitigator okay great you make it so, okay I won't smoke in the pub or I'll yeah. only drink two units rather than three and a half then or you know and it's this r- ratcheting up ratcheting up and, and it hasn't caused many problems until now because we've been relatively affluent um, I think people there's the left the people who have been left out of politics for the last 20 years probably have something different to say about that
2: yeah. but but
1: um, uh, I think it's sort of it's sort of reached a point where it, it, it probably is Going to sort of create some crisis of its own, yeah. um If it hasn't already, I mean, if that's well, aren't we in it now? Yeah, um, we'll leave it there, Ben. Thank you for for coming on. You're welcome. Nice to chat to you.
2: Nice to see you.
0: All right. Thanks, Sam. Cheers.